We have good news in the war against fentanyl. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also explain how the feds raided the creator of a website about UFOs. Plus, I'll respond to some of your comments. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Not a single solitary rationale for the game. That is Biden, who's uh, expressing his feelings about guns. Uh, All guns, as a matter of fact. Uh, It's Kane. uh, Dana walking in now. A reporter asked Biden this as well about his annual physical, which is a question I think we all ask. Let's hear how he responded. When will you get your annual physical, Mr. President? When do you think I need it? <laughs> you just had a birthday. <laughs> I've gotten my I will get it. Part of my physical is already done, and I'll be getting it before the end of the year. Well, I don't know. The whole thing, all of it. We did, did anybody get a break over, of, from politics over the weekend? I tried. Welcome to the show. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. It was fairly, well, it wasn't really low-key as much as we, because there was still stuff that was happening, and we're going to bring you up to date on all of it, including all of the latest with the Venezuelan oil drilling and this crazy story that it kind of broke over the weekend. It's a pretty nutty story, and it has to do with security clearances, uh, felony charges, stealing people's luggage, Uh, someone with a high security clearance stealing someone's luggage and of course wokery three things that you don't want to have actually together and one and the charges were actually apparently felony charges so we're going to get into that we have the latest too with china uh economic news whether or not black friday was a hit or a miss was it a warning sign we're going to have all of that i have so much wokery and then what is going on with the freaks I saw all of these headlines over Thanksgiving break, specifically about Balenciaga, the fashion house, the fashion brand. And it, I mean, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. And I just, I know that there's this push to kind of mainstream certain deviant behavior, but the, I mean, on, this, this push to do this And the way in which they're doing it, trying to make this sort of deviant behavior kind of hot couture is insane to me. And we're going to get into all of that. First up, though, one of the big things that everybody's talking about is Chevron. 
They're going to go ahead. U.S. gives Chevron, and this is from Axios this morning, they gave them the go-ahead to pump oil in Venezuela. Now, you would think, again, we've had this discussion time and time again, this is something ultimately the Biden administration should be allowing us to do. We're not. So we are now looking ahead and trying to, I guess, get up, because we have this energy crisis, so well, planned for energy crisis that's supposed to be coming down the pike. Uh, that's going to be, what, December? Well, I mean, we're almost in December right now. So the license was granted by the Treasury Department. It's going to allow Chevron to pump Venezuelan oil for the first time in years in joint, with, in joint ventures with their national oil company. And so other oil companies are going to resume their, their business in Venezuela as well. Now, this is a complete 180 from what we saw with the Trump administration putting pressure to oust the Maduro government. And they, this was what the Trump administration had, this is one of their, it was one of their key, I guess one of their key features in dealing with uh, South American despots, you could say. But they have this, they said that the license is going to prohibit these, particularly uh, Maduro and the Unitary Platform. They're an opposition coalition. They're going to they're going to try to stop them from getting profits. And the U.S., uh, they said that the United States is not going to authorize any other activity with them, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure that's going to hold. Now, they said they go, this is a limited license. So we're going to be doing this again. What? And I'm, I'm several months time. They said that the action, the statement It was a separate statement from the Biden administration said the action is not being taken in response to energy prices. It's just a limited license, just a just a limited license. That's all we're doing. We're kind of they're positioning this as though they want to make sure that they help out Venezuela as opposed to anything else. It just it's it's just no one's buying it now with this on top of that, the oncoming railroad strike i saw a video i was actually pulling up this video i saw a video over again over thanksgiving break and it was uh secretary mayor new mom put Buttigieg, who had made a video when he was talking to people about getting triple vaxxed and boosted and all this other stuff warning everyone that oh my goodness it's going to be flu season very soon make sure you get your boost vax etc get all of that done it's going to it's going to be uh, very it's going to it's everybody's going to get sick. He did this video and he's walking down the hall somewhere in, in the Capitol. And I'm just thinking we have a looming rail strike and this is the stuff you're doing. You're making these videos. You're talking about any, Nobody's heard anything from him talking about anything but anything but he's making these videos. Now, in the meantime, the headline that came out, there was an actual Daily Beast headline that said a railroad strike could lead to a literal uh, fecal show in New York City. They said it's it would be, a, well, I mean, clearly, I mean, they they have to rely on the railroad to deal with their sewage issues. So not only is it a major sector of the global economy, not just for New York, but elsewhere, this actually, it's because the deal that the administration if you want to believe that they tentatively brokered it, fell through. This actually, for the 8.8 million people who live in New York, 
That means that the 2.4 million pounds of human waste produced daily, by the way, that has to go somewhere. Where's it going to go? And if the rail strike arrives as soon as December 5th, I mean, that's just days, days away. If it arrives as soon as December 5th, they said that the residents in the Big Apple, they may have stalled freight containers filled with what are called biosolids. The dehyd- Oh, you know what I mean. Now, the city used to send it straight into the ocean. And since the early 90s, they've been sending it, they've been sending it to these, these treated remains to landfills by freight rail. Now, they've lowered it. They act like they've done such a good job. They've lowered it from 85 to 70 percent. It's about one-tenth of one percent. And so they have, they've, they've lowered it from about 85 to 70 percent. And if, they, if you have this rail strike, I mean, it's the poo train. I don't know, well, I don't know how she can, what else you're going to call it. They're going to be dealing with it. They said that um, there was once, what, in 2018... There was such a train, there was a snafu that happened on its way to a landfill landfill in a rural area, and it got stuck in Alabama for two months in 2018. People actually had to wear masks because the smell was apparently so bad. So this is what they're actually going to deal with. If you think for five seconds that people in New York City are going to put up with this, you crazy. They're going to have this thing solved because they're, they're not, I mean, look, it already smells like urine and pretzels whenever you walk around. In the streets of Manhattan. I don't lie. You know it does. Don't act like you're all offended. It totally does. And I can't even imagine when you add this onto it what that's going to do. Now, the one story that I was telling you that had all the intrigue, it has wokery, stolen luggage, and special security clearances. So do you guys remember the... It, just the, the guy who's, who's in the U.S. Department of Energy, he's the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition. We're dealing with all the shh today, don't you know. The individual, he went viral when he came out and said he was one of the first openly gender-fluid individuals in federal government leadership, and they made a big deal. He's the guy who did all the fetish stuff. Like where he apparently taught a kink 101 workshop at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And they said that, oh man, he's, I mean, he's done all kinds of stuff I can't even get into. Like at all, he, he does, he's a member of a sacrilegious drag queen society. Uh, he's also done like what, I don't know, furry stuff. I don't even know, like all kinds of stuff. Anyway, he's uh, bald and he wears dresses because women are just, you know, nothing more than lipstick and clothing. Everybody knows that. So anyway, long story short, this guy, which I would imagine he has special security clearances in the Department of Energy. And people were saying that conservatives criticizing him were questioning his mental stability were nothing but bigots. I'm just curious as to what those same people now say about this headline. It says, controversial energy official charged with stealing a woman's luggage at MSP. Now, Sam Brinton, the individual in question, got in some trouble 
Uh, law enforcement at Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport were alerted to a missing suitcase in the baggage claim area on September 16th. The adult female victim said she flew into MSP on a Delta flight from New Orleans and went to retrieve her check bag at Carousel 7. Airport records confirmed the Navy Blue Vera Bradley roll, Vera, Vera Bradley roller bag arrived at 4.40 p.m. but was missing from the carousel. So law enforcement reviewed video surveillance footage from the baggage claim area. They interviewed Brinton, or they observed Brinton, removing the said navy blue roller bag from Carousel 7, according to a criminal complaint. By the way, Vera Bradley, I don't know if you've seen Vera Bradley's stuff, but it's like Lily Pulitzer threw up over something and called it Vera Bradley. That's what it, it just looks the same thing. So they said that the complaint says Brinton removed a luggage tag from the bag, placed it into a handbag he was carrying and then left the area at a quick pace. He arrived at MSP Airport around 427 on an American Airlines flight from D.C., but he didn't check a bag. So he had no reason to visit baggage claim, according to the complaint. Now, the surveillance video was shown to the victim. She confirmed it was her bag. And then he went, stayed in, checked in with a blue bag, stayed in a hotel. And then he returned to the airport with the bag in hand for a departing flight. And he, they apparently the estimated value of the bag and its contents was over $2,000. So they questioned him in a phone call. They asked if he took anything that didn't belong to him. He said, not that I know of. And then he later admitted to taking the bag, but said the clothes inside were his. He said, if I had taken the wrong bag, I'm happy to return it, but I don't have any clothes for another individual. That was my clothes when I opened the bag, he told police, according to the complaint. So then he allegedly called the, the officer a couple hours later and apologized for not being completely honest. He said he took the bag because he was tired and thought it was his. And then he realized it didn't belong to him. And when he opened it up, he got nervous and didn't know what to do. He didn't want people to think that he stole it. So he said he left the victim's clothes in the drawers of the hotel room. And this gets weirder and weirder. So anyway, he was told to return the bag to Delta Airlines, but a month later, the victim still had not gotten any of her possessions back and no clothing was ever recovered from the hotel room. So now he's got a court hearing scheduled for December 19th, this December 19th. This guy is literally with the Department of Energy. Pretty sure he has special security clearances to do what he does as the, what is it, the deputy of waste, I guess. Isn't that, I mean, long story short, that's what is that's what it is. Don't you think he has special security clearances? So what's going on here? And why have we not heard anything about this until now? It's re- and he's on, he, apparently he's on a leave of absence from the Department of Energy. Four days ago it was reported he's on a leave of absence. And he's supposed to be dealing with nuclear waste? Seriously? We've got a lot more on the way, including the latest in China, the protest heating up some of the biggest since Tiananmen Square. We're going to discuss what that means. And we're also going to get into our friend Stephen Yates. He's going to be joining us later on, breaking all of that down. Also, now the bar, one bar association voted to drop the LSAT. That's the test that you take to get into law school. And they said it's in the name of diversity because minority students just can't pass it. So they decided to drop it. Racist much? We're going to get into that and more. It's hard to understand why anyone would keep voting for record inflation and skyrocketing crime. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with big mobile carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to earn your trust. And when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, and they use the same towers as all three of 
the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. Or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so uh, tensions have been rising. I don't know if you've been watching any of the World Cup. So Iran is demanding that the United States be kicked out of the World Cup because the U.S. Soccer Federation posted this tweet of the Iranian flag, but it did not have the Islamic Republic emblem in on it. And like you're supposed to have, I guess it would be, well, I mean, if we didn't beat people and kill people and we didn't have any due process, I guess it'd kind of be like not having some of the stars on there. I don't know. But they said that it was done. You know, it's a show of solidarity for women who are fighting for basic human rights. And so they're, I mean, they're playing uh, Tuesday in Qatar or uh, Qatar. And that's a big, big game. The winner's going to advance in the knockout rounds of the tournament. But they said that this now they want Iran wants them kicked out because they didn't have the Iranian Republic symbol on the flag. Oh, goodness. So this is very interesting. This is over at the Associated Press. We're going to be talking about something related to this later on. Asian faiths are trying to save the symbol that was corrupted by Nazis. And it's apparently, well, it's it's Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Jainism. They said there was a millennial-old sacred symbol. It's the the equilateral cross, or what everybody else knows as the swastika. So apparently they're trying... I don't know if how, if you're going to be able to take that back. That just seems like that's a little bit of a of a tough fight. Thanksgiving miracle. A man was rescued after treading water for 15 hours. He fell off a cruise ship. It was in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm just shocked he didn't get eaten by a shark. And FTX executives gave a lot of money to Republicans, too, not just Democrats. We'll talk about some of those totals coming up. Stick with us. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. The Supreme Court is deciding on this very subject right now. But there is a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has and never will. It's one of my favorites, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex. And it continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, their ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly, in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at Dana4FORHillsdale.com. And after you read it, please consider supporting Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please, go read Dr. Arn's article today at Dana4Hillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. What happens is that if you look at the anti-China approach 
that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk mm -hmm. to you about it, which is not correct. But they they're not talking be. to the Biden administration about it either. Exactly. I think that horse is out of the barn and they're very suspicious of anybody trying to accuse them. Jeez. Could this guy stand for them any harder? That's Anthony. I don't need to tell you. It's Hoggle from uh, Labyrinth. Sorry. It's, it's Fauci from, well, you know. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable trip to fan out curmudgeon here with you, Dana Lash. I just find that logic insane. So the reason that China, according to Anthony Fauci, hasn't been forthcoming about the origins of the, the virus and the pandemic and the lockdown is because Trump criticized them too hard. You mean the people who shot and killed students in Tiananmen Square? Those people? Really? The, the cultural revolution, those people? I mean, the Mao, you know, the Mao communists really were, it's because they were criticized and they, it hurt their feelings. And so they decided not to, this is the, this is the, the tyrants that, the same tyrants that banned Winnie the Pooh. It's because the Trump administration criticized them. And so they didn't feel as though they should be very forthright. Maybe they shouldn't be tyrants and be killing people and be communists and statist, however else, whatever else negative, any kind of negative descriptor you would like to assign them. I, that, that's such a dodge. They haven't been honest about the origins of the pandemic because they're communists. That's the nature of communist tyrants. They're not going to be honest with you when they screw up. And to sit here and, and put that yoke on, although I will say he did get some pushback. Well, they weren't they're not actually being forthright with the Biden administration either. And he's like, oh, well, the horse is out of the barn. It's still it's no just because it's that Xi Jinping. That's who they are. That's that's who the commies are. I just that was a really pretty messed up, in my opinion, soundbite that Fauci had just then. Now, speaking of. World Health Organization and ridiculousness, etc. I got to share this story with you. You're not going to believe it. But tis true. So uh, you guys remember monkeypox and everyone criticizing the World Health Organization and other institutions for seemingly having more interest in the optics of it all rather than saving lives. Okay, but there's more. The purchase of one slap chop, you get another one. The World Health Organization is apparently going to use impox for monkeypox to tattle to tackle the stigma. I mean, almost there. It's almost a Hanson song. Mmmpox. That's what they're going to call it. I'm not kidding you. This is actually a real story that Reuters published. Yes, actually, this morning, early this morning. They said they're going to start using the new preferred term. Mpox. Mpox as the synonym for monkeypox. And they are urging other people to follow suit. Because, now remember, they didn't want to talk about it originally because they didn't like the stigma about, you know, how you get it. I got another name for it that I really. You want to know my other name? I do. Yeah? It's called. Uh, I mean, it could, I mean, it could be, there's a couple of other things that it could be. Yeah. I mean, cause that, they said at first they didn't want to talk about it because they were worried about the stigma that they, and they were the only ones who placed the stigma 
by the way. I just happen to know they were like, well, we didn't want to we didn't want anyone to think that it was an STD, particularly amongst individuals who like romantical times of the butt variety. We did not want to give anyone the impression that we were stigmatizing that, you know. So they were very concerned originally about those optics. Now they said, now it's changed. They said, now that the current name for the disease is racist. The World Health Organization is saying this. So they said, I don't know why it's... I. Did anyone think about, no one thought anything about race until the World Health Organization was like, everyone think about race. Okay, so we're thinking about it now because you brought it up. They said that because they're, they're changing the names out. They said both names are going to be used simultaneously for one year while monkeypox is phased out. So see, so you can use mm, pox, bit, ba, da, ba, da, and also monkeypox. You can use both of those, but we're going to phrase the monkeypox one out. Then people are going to be like, what's the M stand for in monkeypox? What, I mean, impox, sorry. Really? You people are utter morons. No, we, we don't want the unky in it, so we're going to take that part out and leave the mm. It's just monkeypox. Mm, it's just that now. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. No, no, you got to now. I've got, I mean, feel like we need it now. Monkeypox. Mm, you got to take the unky out. Because the World Health Organization says now all of a sudden it's bad. No one was thinking about it. No one even thought about it. But the World Health Organization is here putting the racism back in racism. Wait, that doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense just as much as taking the unky out. I mean, who sits there? They're sitting there at a board meeting with Dr. Tedros, a guy with basically two first names as one first name. And... <laughs> Steve's just writing out that, that verse until he gets to the chorus. Wait, I'm waiting on, on it. Yeah, here is this. We didn't know we were going to go here today, folks. You know, we just thought this was going to be a real easy show. We're going to recap you on all things wokery. I didn't know I was going to be telling you about this. The here we go. Not, don't say the unky part. It's the same thing. Same thing. Just don't say Unky. <laughs> That's why isn't that there for? Is that a Hanson's follow-up should, song? Don't say Unky. Yeah, don't say Unky. I don't know how that. I forgot how that melody goes. But that should be really, you know, taking the Unky out of Mpox. So can we? This is like a South Park skit. So if they think, let's just like go along with it for a moment. So if they think it's a slur, right? They're saying that it's a slur. Which I've literally have never thought, again, they're talking about a virus that seems to be predominantly spread by bump and rumps. <laughs> that was the name of the album by Hanson. <laughs> that was the album name. So, <laughs> it's a turkey. <laughs> what else to say? Oh, for real though, let's be serious. We're talking about health and you people are not taking this seriously. Let me get, let's get back on track. We're talking about serious medical professional things here. Science and, and professionalism. So it is, as I was saying, it is a virus that is spread predominantly by romantical activities of the Heine variety and 
they that I mean at first they didn't want it to they they didn't want to call it really anything because they thought there would be a stigma. And now I don't know where race comes in. So I just think like if you're saying a slur, isn't this I mean, let me just ask the question. Isn't them saying that it's impox the equivalent of just saying like a slur but taking it out and just leaving the first consonant? Right? You're you're keeping it still. Yeah. Right? So you're still saying it. Wait, M. M still stands for monkey, right? M is still monkey. Yeah, I mean, the M is in there. Okay. Now I wonder what monkey bop song was from uh, Hanson. So, I mean, it. So are people going to go, well, what's the M about? Yeah, it's clearly monkey. <laughs> but you can't say that. You can say the M pox. Mm. Can I just, isn't that just sort of in the parlance of our times? That's the equip. So that's just like if you're still saying identifying as that, isn't that like just saying you know consonant word or whatever, just like a slur, right? So it's still a slur. So you're still using the slur because you're a bigot, World Health Organization. You're a damn dirty bigot with your mm, pox bit up up do. I just is that going to make people get it less? Calling it an impox. Is it going to make no. people get it less? I don't think so. I think Guys, it's less contagious. We took the Yankee out. I think there is specific behavior that leads to it spreading less. Yeah, we can't talk about that because that's the World Health Organization not educating us. So we have to... St- we're, the, we, the reason that people are getting it, Kane, is because the Unky was in it. I see. The Unky made it more contagious. Does it? Made it contagiouser. Doesn't sound like science. That when, is science. When you say it like that. It's the same science that says that an individual with a frankenbeans is a woman. It is the same science, sir. Got it. There you go. I'm just saying. It's starting to make sense now. I, you know, that's why it's contagious. It's big, Now it's going to stop. They solved it. It's gone now. You don't have to worry about it. Just saying. Now, meanwhile, in China, they've been protesting. Did you hear the story of really how these protests kicked off? So there was an apartment building. It was an apartment complex. And apparently some people tested positive and a fire and they locked all the doors. They locked everybody in their houses. And then their fire broke out and it killed like 40 people, including little kids. And they wouldn't let them out of the locked apartments because I guess they thought it was better for them to burn to death. Because they have this bizarre COVID zero, which sounds a lot like Coke zero, but it's not. It's less tasty. But they have this COVID zero uh, tolerance. That means no COVID for anyone. And there was this fire at this apartment complex, killed 40 people, I read, including children as young as three. Horrific. And... Well, 40 were injured, 10 were 10 fatalities, including the young children. It's just, it's awful. Awful. And so the revolt has, has swept. It's their biggest uprising since Tiananmen Square. People were locked down for three months because of this. The deaths ignited protests in, what, nine cities, including Beijing and Shanghai. And people have been, temperatures are below freezing after dark. People have been, uh, the blaze broke out in the, in one of, in the province where the Uyghurs are, it's where the Uyghur camps are located. 
and that's infamous for the repression of those peoples. And they, I, I mean, it's amazing. The videos that have come out from this, there were fire trucks that fell short of the building. Rescue teams were stymied by pandemic control barriers. Parked cars had been abandoned by drivers forced into quarantines. Uh, people were screaming. Uh, no one was able to help. I mean, you could hear people screaming, burning to death in the street. It was awful. And young children. So, in fact, though, the rumors are going around that they say that the fatalities are four times higher than what is being reported. And so people are livid at the Communist Party leaders. And so they're going out and they're, protesters are being arrested. And no one's, bur- here's the thing, this is the difference between the Antifa and then the protesters here. No one's going out and burning buildings. No one's, no one's going and they're not doing anything except actually holding pieces of paper with messages and they're actually, they're protesting, they're chanting, they're organizing. And they're being arrested, they're being hurled into vans and they realize the danger. We're going to talk more about this with Stephen Yates. This is his area of expertise. It's pretty unbelievable. We're going to get into all of this uh, and more here coming up as we get moving here on our post. It's our tryptophan recovery day. Our friends over at Super Beats. <laughs> Did any of you go out and do any of the turkey? You need to find out. I read this meme where it says you need to find out before you marry anyone if their family are the type that, you know, the day after people sleep in and they have a brunch or if they're the type that does the turkey trot. On Thanksgiving morning. Like, what is it? What type of family are you marrying into? Very important to figure that out. I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? Well, like everything that Keltec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for 3-inch shells. And with its dual-tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus 1. So that's 6 rounds in each tube, plus 1 chambered. If you prefer 2 and 3 quarter inch shells, even better, because the KSG holds 7 plus 7 plus 1. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. I have that Hanson song stuck in my head still now, but with the updated lyrics. So fans apparently are pushing back on Disney. They made, because it's trying to, why is Disney teaching kids about sexual preferences? Apparently, they got another flop on their hands. They have an animated adventure series called Strange World. It's a box office dud. It's a cartoon, all series. It's a film. It includes Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid, Lucy Liu, and it fe- and Gabrielle Union. And it features a Daily Show contributor. And it's heralded as Disney's first openly gay character. I just think that there's something else at play in the human mind. If you can't get into a story without... First, answering the question, how do they have sex and with whom? Really? Are we, th- are we that stupid as people, as a species, that this is what, first off, wait a minute, I got to know how you do it before I can get into the story. It's not even going to clear $20 million. And it had a huge budget. 
It was anywhere from 120 to 130 million. They think it's going to actually finish below their 2002 flop treasure planet, which just made 16 million. And it's because people aren't interested. Look, if, if people want to get lectured, they're going to go to a classroom. If they want to get preached at, they'll go to church. If they want to get yelled at, they'll go and do something. They'll go and touch the thermostat at their house, at their, at their, at their parents' house, and, what, and they'll get yelled at. I mean, the, you know, it's real easy. Has a set, it, this 60%, they said that it had a 73% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, I use the opposite the way it's intended. I actually use it as a way to uh, find films I like. So if they hate something, then I will love it. And they said that it's another example. Folks are saying it's another example of Disney's attempt to go woke and get broke. I agree because it's stupid. Not everything has got to be sexual. You don't have to be thrusting stuff into people's faces every, you know, every film. Stop it. People just want to watch a movie. Good grief, but no, Hollywood insists on dividing everybody up by how they do it. I just, it's just a weird place to be as a species that this is what, I don't know. I don't know. Now, some other wokery. I told you I got a lot today. CNN says daylight savings times is racist. I just hate it because I think it's dumb to switch your clocks back and forth, back and forth. Nobody cares. But CNN says, well, that's because um, now there's zero facts that they have showing this. They said that, well, people of color have a higher number of uh, health problems. So that means I'm literally reading this. This means observing uh, daylight savings time is more dangerous for them. I'm literally reading it in a Norm MacDonald kind of way, but it's verbatim what is said in this piece. How in the world? I feel like we need to address this. More fun science, right? We've got a lot on the way. You don't want to miss a single bit. Just in a couple of moments, more of the Dana Show. Stay with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Art Shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is the their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero, none. Not a single solitary rationale. For- huh. Well, when they t- when they show you who they are, believe them. I told you. He said it was. He said it. He didn't say assault weapons. What did he say? He said semi-automatic weapons. That's. I told you. That's what all of this was only ever about. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon tripped a fan and out here, dude. Can is that possible? I still think I have. I gosh, I ate an ungodly amount of turkey. It was like you know within an inch of sin. It was real rough, man. Welcome back to the show, your lovable curmudgeon. Uh, I want to get in it because that's what, I mean, here, there, 
it's always only ever been about semi-automatic weapons. By the way, if you're watching the simulcast of the, the radio program, you can listen to the radio program coast to coast. If you're watching the simulcast, we had a quick wardrobe change because it was 40-something degrees in Texas, and you all know that I cannot live in an environment that is below 60, right? We, I, have, I react in a, in a visceral manner. So I had a sweatshirt on. Now it's 60 degrees, and our studio gets hot. There are lights. There's machinery. I am very sexist in the very patriarchal way I run the temperature in this room. This is the only room in my house that I can control the temperature. And, yeah, I have a studio in my house. And so Kane and Juan, God bless them, they're, they show up in, like, polar fleece and everything else. And I am dying. So I, I just had a, a changey quixie. So we went from a tiger to Metallica. So it's okay. But for those of you watching, because I know I'm going to be like, what? What's go-? They'll think there's some kind of continuity in the show. They'll think something happened. Like, wait a minute, is this actually live? It is live. It is. It's just, your girl got hot. It got 60 degrees outside. I don't know what else to tell you. All right, so uh, a few things here to unpack. So that was the president in Nantucket. Did you see the selfies he was doing where he was like sneaking up behind school children? Even if that, I don't care if it's the president of the United States or not. Still, I don't like being, I, I don't have my back to windows, but I also don't like being snuck up on. It's just weird. He was, uh, it, but he made that. I thought that is million dollar audio right there. He said, yeah, we, it's crazy that we still allow the purchase of semi-automatic. It's never, ever been about any kind of assault, anything. It's only ever been, that's what I've, I've told you this. This has only ever been about, uh, all, all semi-automatic. That's what this has always ever been, only. All semi-automatic. It's kind of rich to hear him say the words, we allow, we still allow. Who the hell does he think he is? We still allow? I don't know. I mean, what do you mean still, yeah. We still, we still allow? allow this. What do you mean? You don't get to, you don't, that's not up to you. Right. Though. It's not up to him. Never has been. Not up to him. Hmm. So... I have a million things, uh, I'm, and I'm behind on some stuff. J- I just want to make sure that I get into everything, so so bear with me here. So I was telling you, in uh, China, they've been having major, major protests. Like, uh, they had, I'm waiting for them to roll out the tanks. You know it's coming. And this, it got kicked off, and I was telling you the previous hour, due to this fire in an apartment building where they locked people in. They have this insane obsession with, uh, what, uh, what is it? Forgot it. COVID zero. They have this obsession with COVID zero, level COVID zero. And so they locked these people in in an apartment building. There was a fire. They wouldn't let them out because of the coronavirus. And so now there are, they say 10 fatalities, but I've heard 40. And it included, and by when I say I hear 40, I mean, that's what all the people who live there and in that area uh, it's in uh, the province where they have the Uyghur camps. That's what that's what's being reported uh, in in the area. That's what Chinese nationals are saying. They're saying no, no, no. That that's all propaganda. That they're saying it's only ten. It's like four times higher than that. And it did include young kids, little kids. And so that started uh, that kick started all of it. So in a number of different areas, number of different provinces, they've been having these protests. And they also check this out. I read to tie this into the World Cup stuff. They're avoiding showing any. So in China, the TV is censoring any game that shows fans that don't have face masks on. So I don't know if you've been watching any 
that's how, how do you not show that? How do you, how do you show the game then? How is that even possible? They said FIFA's tightly controlled the vision of, and every nation gets the same feed except for China. Uh, China's, it's China Central Television, CCTV. They're, they said that they've been intercepting vision from the tournament and doctoring crowd shots by using a 30-second delay. Vision showing, they said that uh, any maskless fans, any footage of maskless fans is removed because they still face harsh restrictions under their COVID zero. People have been locked down for like three months. They sit here and they talk about the cases, but you know what you never hear in when in the context of these cases? And this is very similar to how our media reported it here. Do you know what you never hear? You never hear the severity of case. You just hear, well, it's X amount of cases, but you never actually hear about the severity of the case. You just hear about the the positive cases oh it's a positive case you don't hear anything else uh but there have been there have been comparison shots of what china gets and what everyone else gets and man it is it is something it's something else and they said that this so it's been a, this almost a 30 second delay province there they've had protests in shanghai beijing and that even journalists covering it are assaulted by police. Now, meanwhile, in the United States, JetBlue will not hire anyone who is unvaccinated, but they will hire a violent felon to fly planes. A couple of places for this, uh, including uh, Daily Wire as well. They said that some JetBlue pilots are outraged after an airline hired a violent felon to fly planes because they won't hire anyone who hasn't been, uh, quote-unquote, vaccinated. They hired this guy named John Perry's. He's, he was in prison for nine years. He broke into the home of a judge and attacked his daughter as she left the shower. He was released in 2014. He's on felony probation until 2044. So you can't, they won't hire a pilot who's unvaccinated, but they will hire a violent convicted felon to fly the plane, no less. I will never get on a damn JetBlue plane. Oh, no, no, no. I would rather yeet myself into the atmosphere before I get on. A jet blue plane after this. This guy got charged with burglary and assault with a deadly weapon in, uh, in 2005. He broke into the home of this judge. He beat the judge's daughter, who was his former fiance. He beat her with a metal baton. She was in the shower. She was walking out of the shower, and he attacked her. Uh, he had knives, all kinds of stuff. He had a shovel. He was ready. I, it sounds like he was ready to bury some people, like literally. And... They actually will not. They even say on their job application that, quote, new hire employees must be fully vaccinated prior to the start of training. They, now, it's OK if they're violent felons, <laughs> but you got to have your your shots, all of your injections from the government, all of your government injections. It doesn't actually prevent the spread or transmission. By the way, speaking of which, it's actually now a pandemic of the vaccinated. Even the Washington Post, I can't even believe I'm saying this, even the Washington Post says this. It's no longer a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It never was a pandemic of the unvaccinated either. It never actually was. So apparently in August, 58% of the fatalities from the coronavirus are people who were vaccinated. Huh. They say, oh, it's a troubling trend. You think? It was always ever that. In the beginning, it was just a pandemic. Now, the people who complete, who can, everyone, I'll say this. I had the virus. I contracted it 
in nature. And I have had friends that have had, I don't know how many shots and boosters. And two, actually, all of them have gotten it more than once. Have, contra- have, got, have come down with coronavirus more than once. Um, three of my friends have gotten it repeatedly. And they're all, and, and most of them, like two of them, it's because they, uh, one of them has a, a elderly parents living with them and the other, they had to do it for their job. And in fact, they had to do it because the husband works in medicine and the wife is in administration, medical administration. They both had to, they both had to do it, so they made them do it. Um, but everybody, I, it's just, it's wild, wild. I keep hearing stories like this. It's, it's pretty, um, and it was blamed on the unvaccinated, like in the early days of it too, just, just, you know, Fauci was asked whether or not he could name any studies showing that masks work against coronavirus and he couldn't. This was after audio last week where he said, yo, you need to be able to, you need to be able to wear, you have to wear your mask to help reduce transmission but there are so so many studies numerous studies showing that they don't actually work but when he was asked point blank no it doesn't it uh, he couldn't give you any answers now a couple of other things uh i want to make sure that we're hitting as well i on it what was what in the world went on over thanksgiving weekend where there were so many freaks so many people who engage in deviancy i'm talking about the balenciaga ad and then i'm talking about this uh, weird, weird piece in Washington Post that it was so it's a it was a review of a play about pedophiles. So the Washington Post reviewed it and they described it as brilliant. This is how, literally how it starts. Quote. Take a deep breath and try to ruminate calmly on the position playwright Bruce Norris takes in his scintillating new play, Downstate, that the punishments inflicted on some pedophiles are so harsh and unrelenting as to be inhumane. Twitchy has a whole bunch of reactions to this. They say that it's made thornier by the drama's most disagreeable character, a victim of Fred's now grown up and portrayed all too irritatingly well by Tim Hopper. And they're talking about the victim of one of the pedophiles. I cannot believe that this, wow. And they add, and yet Norris proposes a variation on this proposition at Off-Broadway's Playwrights Horizons. He is questioning what degree of compassion should society fairly hold out to those who've served their time for sexual abuse, assault, or rape. Well, my answer to that would be, I don't believe that we can reanimate people from the dead because I believe in the death penalty for all those crimes for predation of women and children. If you're raping someone, if you're a child predator, you're a child abuser, then you need to be put to death. So you would have to reanimate those, those people. This is what the Washington Post wrote. This was an editorial that they had, a review of a play. This is why people are talking about grooming, because that's grooming. There's, there's no dispute. Now, this plus the Balenciaga thing, man, I'm telling you, there's a reason why certain people are trying to, trying to prevent others from using that phrase, like the groomer phrase and all of that. If you, well, if the shoe fits. We're going to talk more about this, because the, 
the Balenciaga ad was incredibly creepy. And they ended up pulling that down off social media. I also have even more wokery uh, because England fans were banned from attending World Cup because they were they were dressing as crusaders. We've got that for you. Uh, I've got all kinds of stuff as well. The latest with Democrats, GOP too. You don't want to miss lots of stuff. We have good news in the war against fentanyl. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll tell you about how several of our law enforcement agencies teamed up to carry out the biggest drug bust we've had in years. I'll also explain how the feds raided the creator of a website about UFOs and the possibility of other life in our universe. Plus, I'll respond to some of your comments. Follow The Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Elon Musk announced that if Ron DeSantis were to run for president that he would support him. This is another thing that happened over Thanksgiving weekend. He made the remarks on Twitter in a response to a tweet about how the political left was so angry that he allowed former President Trump back on the platform after he was banned in January 21. And he said that he was fine with Trump tweeting or not tweeting. He said that it was a mistake to ban his account. And he said, as a reminder, he said that he reluctantly voted for Biden. He said, but freedom of speech he said, when Point Blank asked if he would support DeSantis in 2024, he said yes. Very interesting. Uh, Michigan Department of Education instructed teachers on how to create a gay straight club. Yay, your tax dollars at work. According to the Daily Caller, they provided ed- educators with materials, uh, trainings and resources, uh, how to get the club up and running, etc. I mean, what do you talk about in a gay or lesbian club? If it's all centered around sex, what do you... Bob Dylan apologized for machine signed books. This is, I can't imagine anything more ironic than this headline. Bob Dylan apologizes for selling machine signed books advertised as handwritten. He says it was an error in judgment. He regrets, he said, having sold limited edition copies. I've never had a machine sign my books. I would just like for you to know. He's, of course, he's Bob Dylan, though. He said that it was, it, it boasted that it was hand signed, but he said it was actually a machined signed version of his own signature. And he's working to rectify it immediately. Wow. So ironic. Wow. Uh, also, this is crazy. A plane crashed into power lines in Maryland and dangled from the wires after trying to land from New York. It happened near Montgomery County Air Park in a suburb of D.C. The plane was identified by the FAA. And apparently, I mean, that's to be hanging on the lines like that. They said that they didn't identify the pilot nor a passenger who were trapped. Everyone was alive, no serious injuries, but they said it was severe because, you know, they could have moved or adjusted themselves and the plane could have also. Dallas, I know, Dallas and Texas, they're considering banning all gas-powered lawn equipment because of the noise. And also maybe the environment. They're trying to figure out the impact on uh, gas-powered tools. They're developing plans to phase those out. That's going to be expensive and stupid for a lot of people. So coming up, the little GOP issue that transpired over Thanksgiving. We've got to discuss that and a lot of other stuff. Don't go anywhere. More of the Dana Show back after this. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Let me just say this uh, from Sharpton. It is uh, very well documented that words nowadays can actually uh, break your bones. Oh, for the love. 
No, those are called bats. Those aren't words. That's Sheila. What is it? Sheila Jackson Lee. Christmas, man. These people. They people are crazy. The words actually do for real break your bones. They don't though. But thanks for these. Are, yeah, which words exactly? These are the people who think, oh well, it's just you know words are violence. They're not though. Welcome back to the program, your lovable curmudgeon here. This whew, don't know where to start. So the freak out over uh, Twitter. And I wanted, because they are really trying everything that they can do to figure out how to regulate it. You had, I'm going to pull up a couple. It was Ed Markey, who was one of them. And he had tweeted out, this was the other day, on November 26, he tweeted, oh, by the way, he's one of those guys, Markey, he's got uh, Senator, he's got a mask on in his avatar, so... He said, uh, Elon Musk could respond to my tweets. He said he failed to respond to my letter by yesterday's deadline and answer basic questions about Twitter verification. Congress must end the era of big, a failed big tech self-regulation and pass laws that put user safety over the whims of billionaires. Well, why, why wasn't Ed Markey concerned about this when billionaire Jack Dorsey owned Twitter? Out of curiosity. First off, Words don't, that's not what, words are not violence. And he doesn't own this. He doesn't own Twitter. Remember when, when the left would say, oh, but Twitter's a private company, though. Twitter's a private company. Now they're, now they're demanding for regulation. I told you all this is going to go this way. They're trying to, this is, the, this is the number one, one of the number one reasons why I was against the, this push to obliterate Section 230. There were a lot of people on the right that wanted to do this. Oh, we need to make sure. The only thing that needs to be, that should be added is that algorithms can be editorializing. Something to that effect. That's it. That's all you need. That's, you don't need to do anything else. Because it doesn't talk about platforms. I, this is part of the Communications Decency Act. It doesn't talk about any of that stuff. Section 230 came about during the 90s over, it was a message board fight between that one of the dudes with Wolves of Wall Street and uh, uh, one of the early on message boards, one of the early ISPs. And it, it came about because of that. And essentially, you know, it was that a, a, a website cannot be responsible for the content of someone's comment. If you are just a facilitator, if you are not acting as a publisher. And I don't want to bend free speech over a barrel and bastardize what a publisher is, that legal definition so as to try to control something. I mean, this is just the way, this is just the way it is. We, look, we don't live in a perfect world and we're never going to be able to pass enough laws or have enough regulations or have enough policies to make the world a perfect world. That will never happen. This is the, the myth under which the left operates. This is also, a, there's a good portion of the right that operates under the same, the same lie too. They think, oh, they believe this fairy tale. Oh, well, if we just modify Section 230, the only thing that you need to do is just simply add, is just recognize that algorithms can be editorialized. That's it. You don't need to hold, it's like holding uh, Yelp responsible for the comments left. It's, people don't even realize what that meant. And now, now that you have someone who isn't Jack Dorsey, who is in ownership, 
basic ownership of Twitter. Now you can see this is because the pendulum always swings back. If we would have done what some of these people on the right and what the left wanted to do with Section 230, Elon Musk would actually be at a disadvantage right now. The government doesn't need to regulate this stuff. This is not a public utility. It does not need to be regulated. I say this as someone who's had who has been so abused by the people who run this platform. I have literally had my follower count kept at the same level for three years. Months would go by where I wouldn't even lose a single follower. And I have receipts for days on this. Screenshots where screenshots over the period of like two and a half months show a completely static and never changing follower account. So I say this as someone who would benefit from having the government bend to my whims. But that's not the answer, because what purpose does it serve overall? What is the what is the end? Sometimes these people think that their means are going to accomplish one end when, in fact, they accomplish an entirely different end altogether. So, no, to answer Ed Markey's question, no one has any they have no absolute authority whatsoever over what Twitter does put have passed laws that put user safety over the whims of billionaires. I also call BS on that as someone that had who was doxxed on Twitter. In fact, it was a couple of people on the right who started that too, uh, working with the left. Funny how that works, right? Uh, back in 2016. The, um, and then Jack, the leftist Twitter, all the Twitter uh, admins, they wouldn't suspend, at first they wouldn't suspend the account. They were posting, like they would actually drive to my house and post photos of my home on Twitter. Like not Google images, but like actual photos of my home. They posted my my um, address online. They were encouraging people to show up to my house. One person actually did. Uh, flew across the country, and you know who knows? The police had to respond. It was a big deal. In fact, I showed the police report to the New York Times reporter when they came in to do a profile on me a couple of years ago. So I say this is someone that when when I was working with law enforcement, and they sent. Um, they actually had a they subpoenaed records from Twitter and Twitter basically told them to go pound sand. They didn't basically they told them to go pound sand. So as someone who actually has had their safety compromised by individuals using Twitter. No, the government has absolutely no authority whatsoever to jump in and regulate this platform. The end. It's none of his damn business. Go learn to code. Go create your own platform. Go to what is it? What is the one that they want to go to? The oh. mammoth. What is it? Mastodon, oh, whatever stupid thing that is. Go to your little stupid sandbox and go play over there with the, you know, go play over there. Good grief. Putting profits over people. Is Twitter even profitable? No. Like, when, what is that? What a moron. No, none of this. They've been freaking out about this the whole time. And, and Elon said that, Elon Musk said that if Apple and Google pull the Twitter app, he's going to make his own phone. It's actually kind of funny. Alyssa Milano one of the she's not the the sharpest tool in the shed uh uh so <laughs> she said that she was giving away her tesla and getting a volkswagen and twitter promptly reminded her that actual nazis invented the volkswagen brand how do you give how do you just give your tesla back how does that even work it's so good. You had Chris Hayes. He's like, my worst fears have been realized. Oh, just this is these people are so ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So one of the other issues that happened over the weekend was Kanye went to Mar-a-Lago. I don't know why. 
Was it on Thanksgiving? So I'm going to say this. First off, um, I don't subscribe. I'm a, I'm a conservative. It is in my blood to question all authority. I don't worship anybody except Jesus. And I don't believe that anyone is above any kind of criticism. Now, I say this because how in the world, you know how difficult it is, right, to meet with anybody that has Secret Service protection, whether they're current or former presidents, Correct. Do you know how difficult it is to get through? Here's my question. How in the hell did no one who was in Trump's orbit just run a basic ID check for the people who were coming to dinner? Or a Google search? Or a DuckDuckGo search? How do you not do that? How in the world? You don't just show up with some friends. How do you not do a basic check? How? I have all kinds of audio of this cat. This, um, I'm not a fit, this Nick Fuentes guy. I don't really, I've never really paid attention to him. I think he's kind of like a David Hogg figure. He sort of reminds me, he's, he's like the David Hogg of the alt-right, I think. I don't know how else to put it. Anybody who subscribes to racial politics or identity politics is a leftist. I don't care what they tell you. That is a leftist mindset. It is a leftist ideology. Um, I have all kinds of stuff. If anybody wants to, you know, challenge anything, the dude is a, well, yeah, he's a total racist bigot. And I use that very carefully. I mean, when you, when you say what he is recorded and saying with his own mouth, yeah, I don't like, I don't like leftists like that. That's a leftist mindset. You know, it sounds like the Democrats clan. I don't like that. That doesn't sound like they say alt right, but it's really, it's really, I mean, that's, that's historically left i think that he realized that he could get attention and he could get notoriety this way and this is somebody who comes from a generation where fame for anything is all that matters uh because it's it's not what you're famous for it's that you're famous is what counts and i think i was at a i was at an event where um they crashed it it was actually in dallas and i took footage i sent it to you guys i was like damn this is so dopey um, where they came in and I'm like, are you trying to be like the nerdiest people here? Like, I don't get it, man. What in the world? Like they crashed it. They weren't invited to this, this event. It was like a CPAC Dallas thing. And I was leaving when I saw them crash it. I just think that it's, it, it, this is a person who comes from a generation where, like I said, being famous just to be famous is what counts. It doesn't matter what you're famous for. And people who want to be fame adjacent will latch onto that. I think I don't know what Kanye West is doing. I don't know if it's the black nationalism thing that, you know, was that that was the thing that kind of kicked off the whole Covington kids episode. Remember, because you had the black nationalists and then the, the indigenous Americans who were there, the Indians in D.C., and they were arguing and fighting. And then they just happened to have some Catholic school kids there who got in the middle of it by accident. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't generally try to do deep dives on ridiculousness. I think that a lot of people on the right were rushing to Kanye because they're so damn thirsty to have some validity or, or, or representation in Hollywood that they don't care who it is. And I don't think this is 4D chess. I think that's said by people who desperately wanted to be 4D chess and it's not. Um, but I think that it is absolutely beyond inexcusable for any staff 
of a current or former administration or current or former president to not even do a basic ID check or figure out who in the hell is coming to dinner. Who are you bringing? I mean, some of the people, a lot of, I mean, some of them were Bannon lackeys that, that showed up and, and they all have major, major, major racial identity baggage, which is a leftist, again, a leftist tactic. I don't know how you don't check the IDs on this. I think it's and and I also don't think that you can pass the buck. I mean, you you either got to be the hard ass in the room and the big tough boardroom dude, uh, or you just pass it on to your underlings and absolve yourself of any kind of responsibility. But by doing that, you also absolve yourself of control or influence or authority. You can't have it both ways. This, I mean, it was absolutely stupid to have this dude show up. It's it's stupid for no. And, and I think that he's got to get better people around him. I think Trump has a lot of morons who are advising him. I think he's got a lot of grifters in his circle. I thought that for a while because I've known these people. I've known some of these people for over 15 years. I know exactly who they are. I know exactly who some of these people are who couldn't get a toehold in the professional world. So they hang out at the back door of Mar-a-Lago hoping for scraps. So, no, there's there's no there's no excusing this. And we've got to stop. Can the right stop idolizing and racing to take pictures and do all kinds of stuff with people who are in Hollywood just because they say one thing that seems kind of conservative? They're doing this with Elon Musk right now. And I just I'm like, you all are sheep. You all are bleeping sheep. This is so gosh, this is why I hate being in D.C. This is why I get an invitation to a cocktail party and I literally tear it up and I throw it in my trash as Kane would attest. How many emails do I ignore? How many people do I tell you to literally, I'll go, tell them to F off? Yes. I, I No joke. Well, I hate this. You do say ignore more than you do say to F off, but yeah. I just can't stand it. I told you I'm a Daria. I don't like this because it's all about clout chasing. Everyone is so, they're so thirsty for trends. That's what, that's really ultimately a big part of why this became what it became. But as I said, it's inexcusable to not check IDs and not know who's coming through the door. There's no, there's no reason for this. I mean, you know, good grief. What is he going to be doing next? Is he going to be, you know, you can't have him pulling a, a Biden and eulogizing a Klan member next. Oh. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Man, this is something else. Now, this is kind of a flashback story, but it's apparently just now making the rounds. So in 1994, a 75-pound bag of cocaine fell out of a plane and landed legit in the middle of a Florida crime watch meeting. No. For real in Homestead, Florida. Neighborhood Crime Watch held its first meeting. It was a quiet Wednesday evening in a nice home in a nice residential area. And they're talking about what to be on the lookout for. And then they they heard engine noise from a low flying plane and a package came sailing down 75 pound bale of cocaine during a crime watch meeting. That actually happened. And uh, it's a real story. So I just, I had to share it. Because only, it seems like only in Florida would something. A Florida woman is seeking a class action lawsuit over a Velveeta mac and cheese prep time. 
Jeez. Amanda Ramirez has filed a proposed class action suit accusing the Kraft Heinz Food Company of violating state and federal law. The deceptive labeling, she said. This is uh, Florida Sun Sentinel. Uh, Ramirez's lawsuit argues that although the microwave time is three and a half minutes, the preparation, including removing the lid and the chase sauce pouch, as well as adding the water, adds adds sufficient time to the ordeal. She's seeking five million in damages. I'm not making this up over the Velveeta microwavable shells and cheese cups. Oh, my gosh. I if she wins, I am going to riot. It'll be a one person riot, probably, but I will riot nonetheless. Third hour on the way. I think the country is going to have to learn about what's going on in this country. The majority of counties in this country have declared that they are not going to enforce state and federal gun laws. They have decided that they are going to essentially refuse to implement laws that are on the books. Um, that is a growing problem in this country. And I think we're going to have to have a conversation wow. about that in the United States. Is he States talking Senate. about immigration law, Mr. Chris Murphy, Senator Chris Murphy? Is he talking? Oh, no, no, he's not. No, welcome back to the program. Third hour, top of the third hour this Monday, post Tryptophan Monday. Tryptophan sounds like a metal band name. And their first album's called Wild Turkey. Right? I don't know where this is coming from. It's the turkey talking. Welcome back. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here. Senator Chris Murphy's mad over... I, we've talked about this several times. Uh, the whole issue of second amendment sanctuary whatever it's not even actually as much as i loathe to say it i mean really in a perfect world you wouldn't even need to have it but second amendment sanctuaries it's more of um ceremonial not it's not a an legally binding thing it's a resolution usually that these city councils and uh put forward i've talked about them for years and have written about them for years and he's saying this as a way to to they're trying to find an excuse for why is it that these horrible tragedies keep happening in areas where they have red flag law and i shared with you last week in colorado springs that what the sheriff was like he had noted that well if they're gonna if they're gonna have someone petition on a respondent in a red flag proceeding they would they would like for it to be a member of someone in the family, someone who knows, because there's no uniformity in how these things are carried out across you know the states that have adopted them. They're trying to figure out some kind of way to excuse the fact that these tragedies keep, as I said, taking place in these red flag adopted these states that have these red flag laws. And so that I just find, you know, if you wanted to compare mass casualty incidents. First off, uh, typically always, in fact, there's no typically, always there are some, I mean, there, there are tons of things that, uh, that are, and I don't mean this to be, you know, in an ironic fashion or a pun, red flags without the diminishment of due process in the red flag law, meaning that there is a behavior that is demonstrated that through the uh, existing processes, offered by state by state there are numerous ways to have someone adjudicated unfit to purchase or carry a firearm meaning they are called a prohibited possessor at that point without having that diminishment of due process via the modern day red flag law adoption and so in in colorado springs that's i think pretty much as the information comes out as the information comes out what about chesapeake the the walmart i mean there's 
for them to say this kind of stuff, they're just trying to find some way to blame something other than themselves. Just, it's unfortunate. Now, I have, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, all of the, why are there, what's up with the freaks over Thanksgiving? I just, I've got questions. Uh, You had Balenciaga under fire for ads over creepy, really creepy ads there. So I first saw this on Twitter and I, and my immediate thought was, I saw one picture and it was a little girl standing on a bed and there I noticed the there were these wall decals of dragons technically waverns uh, that were on the wall behind her and then I noticed she was holding a teddy bear in total bondage gear like the teddy bear was in bondage gear and I thought that's really not appropriate and then there was like Balenciaga branding on the pillows and stuff like that Um, and that was not the only image of its kind there were several there were kids that were holding teddy bears dressed in bondage outfits and then one of the photos that they used and this was really bizarre and messed up in more ways than I can count they had a purposefully poorly hidden it was on purpose purposely poorly hidden court document about quote-unquote virtual child pornography that was included in one of the shots. And then they began scrubbing their, it was um, one of their bags on a, de- on a messy desk and it had that piece of, it was, it was supposed to stick out and they wanted people to go and, and look this up. They wanted people to go and look at it. And, and so this, they deleted all their Instagram posts. Balenciaga ended up deleting all of that. There were, I mean, it's just really, I mean, this is really bizarre. And a lot of the celebrities that work with them um, ended up, uh, you know, they, they were all being asked to respond and, and answer questions on all of this. I just, why, well, first off, why? And there's, there's a deep dive on, I guess, the designer and the stylist for the shoot and all of this. There's, there's, why are people trying to mainstream this stuff? Why are, I mean, this has come, I don't know, but can I just say something totally girly? I think Balenciaga is so ridiculously overhyped. You know, the two fat, you know, one of the two things that are super ridiculously overhyped is Fendi and Balenciaga. That I'm just going to say, socks issues, like the shoe socks, that stuff gets dirty. You're having your nasty ass feet in that. And you're, you know, you're going to be wearing those for six hours. If you go out, how are you going to be cleaning those things? You think you're going to throw them with some dry L? You're, you're just, shut up. That's not how you're doing it. Nah, stupid. Stupid. I believe practicality is is also brilliant. So just overrated. But why? How many people have to be involved in that shoot? Because you have the makeup artist, you have the stylist, you have the merchandiser, you have all of this stuff involved in it. And you're gonna get you're gonna give a kid a bondage bear. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, that is one messed up like build a bear right there. And Balenciaga apparently isn't speaking about any of it. They're be well, of course, because it's like it's a. They said that the only thing that they've said is that they're not suing the people, the creatives that are behind the shoot, the photo shoot. They're they they are apparently taking legal action that featured the SCOTUS ruling on child pornography. So, and this is supposed to, this was for their spring twenty twenty three campaign. I, they said, oh, they, 
they the only statement they said was to Daily Mail. And they said Balenciaga is not taking legal action towards the photographer of the campaign. Uh, he wasn't involved uh, with the involving the doc uh, the unsettling documents in an office. Uh, they said that they're going to take legal action against the parties responsible for creating the set and including the unimproved items for the sh- the photo shoot. And that was the 2008 Supreme Court in U- United States v. Williams, which upheld part of a federal pornography law. So how do you get that in? I mean, I've never done a fashion photo shoot like that, but I've done photo shoots for my for my book covers and for some, you know, um, magazine stuff like for profile stuff but there there are a lot of people in it but the photographer is not i mean that's their set you have the the usually you have the a a, a director for it uh, a creative director and then you have the photographer but that's usually it's wherever the photographer wants to go and that's typically they run it and the creative director runs so how i'm just fascinated that uh, that happened that way so, but they did scrub all these photos off. What was the purpose in doing this? And how do you allow, how are this many people involved in it and it gets out to where it's on your brand's Instagram account? You don't check that stuff? I mean, and their bondage bear, that's an actual handbag that they had on their runway. If I ever saw anybody carrying something like that, I'd have an overwhelming urge to beat them with it. They said they apologized for the offense the campaign caused. They removed the campaign from their platforms. They stand for children's safety and well-being. I don't, I mean, how, there were so many people involved in this. You have a handbag, a designer handbag sitting over legal copy and no one stops and goes, I'm going to read the legal copy. No, I don't believe you. I think you're lying. I think you thought it was going to be edgy and you thought it was because are they have they so explored the every realm of creativity that they think mainstreaming mainstreaming grooming is the last frontier i'm trying to figure out why these freaks are doing this and it is freakish and it should be called freakish i I, man so it's shock for what what's the purpose of it shock for what jeez I don't know. I'm, I'm, the whole thing is just disgusting. So you have this issue and I have so much wokery here for you. Oh, let me share this one with you. I was actually really, this story really intrigued me. So this had to do with this 29 year old pharma heiress as she is described in the press. Now, wait a minute. It's very interesting. So, her name's Annabella Rockwell. So she went to uh, Holyoke in Western Massachusetts. She went to a very uh, prestigious university. She said while attending the school, she, she's 29, she became indoctrinated. She thought she was a repressed victim of the patriarchy. Her mother hired a $300 a day deprogrammer to unbrainwash her. And the 29-year-old says, I was absolutely brainwashed. That is, I've never heard of anyone hiring a deprogrammer. But that's kind of true, though. When you think about it, you go to these universities. And, but at the same time, I can't very well feel a lot of, um, I don't feel a lot of sympathy for parents who, 
say, oh, my kids went to college and got indoctrinated. Because I feel like we are told by society that you need to go ahead and think of your parental duties as being done when they graduate high school. I don't think like that. And I've, I, I, don't you feel like that? There's just this push in society. We want to keep kids. They want everyone to be infantilized until their f- mid-50s, like Hunter Biden. Stay on your parents' insurance until you're 30. We're going to infantilize you if you're in politics and you're a Democrat. But the reason I don't feel bad for them is because I feel like, no, your kids shouldn't be able to choose just wherever the hell they want to go. I absolutely do not believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. And I don't believe that I, that they should at, at some, I think really think they should be rock solid when they leave your house and they go into college. There's really not an excuse. I have one of my sons is graduating high school this year and he's got all kinds of scholarship offers. He's got a four point, I think it's a 4.1 cumulative GPA. He's honor society, all this stuff. He's going into computer sciences. He's got, I don't know. He's got 104% calculus. I don't even know how this happens. Cause I don't even, I couldn't get past algebra. I barely got past algebra two. I had the lowest C and I worked so hard. It was my lowest grade ever. But, I told my son, I was like, there's some colleges and I would look, I would look at the mail and I'm like, you're not reading this. You're not reading this. You're not reading this because you're, you are my investment. Anything that you don't get a scholarship on, I have to cover. He wants to, cause he's, he's thinking about, he's interested in, in video gaming and weapons programming, which are very interesting things. And I've said, you're not, these are, these are some colleges you will not be even considering. You either, if you want my help, you do it my way. There's your freedom. You get a freedom to choose if you want my help or not my help. And if you don't want my help and you're not going to do it my way, then you better figure out how to do it on your own. I reject this nonsense from society that, oh, parents, let your kids find their way. Screw you. Because look at this lady had to hire a $300 a day deprogrammer to unbrainwash her kid. Are you? And she's 29 years old. So they were talking about, you know, years ago. But that's insane. We're going to talk more about this coming up. We also have Stephen Yates is going to be joining us. How far is it going to go in China? I mean, for real, how far? Because apparently these protests are unlike anything they have seen since Tiananmen Square. We're going to talk about that coming up. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Man, a furniture manufacturer fired 2,700 workers by text and emails while they were asleep two days before Thanksgiving, warned them not to come into work the next day, and uh, one driver was arrested for taking the furniture off the truck. It's a Mississippi-based company. It was almost their entire staff, United Furniture Industries. One former employee was trying to remove the furniture from the back of his truck after getting his firing notice, and another has filed a lawsuit against the company. So that's, man, that's... Kind of an interesting way to to go about it. Very, you know, seems like that could have been handled a little bit better. Just saying, seems like it. Uh, Let's see. Biden is going to allow employers to uh, apparently consider green investments. He's overturning Trump rule, Trump's rule, and tells 401k investors to prioritize. So you don't get to consider it. You get to you get to prioritize green investments, despite already losing thirty four thousand dollars on average this year. This is all from that ESG stuff. Remember me talking about that uh, repeatedly and EV stations could use as much power as a small town by 2035. And the grid is not ready, says Autoblog. Stephen Yates next. 
Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Do you agree with that word, cover-up? An intentional I don't know what that distortion. means. No, I, I, it isn't that I d- agree or disagree. I'm not sure what they're talking about. I mean, if cover-up is not allowing people to come in and look at all the data, that's not a cover-up. That's not being transparent. To well, me, a cover-up is... Like the animals is, being killed no, no, before no. anyone could well, go into the market to investigate again, that. Again, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to... Uh, it's going to be taken no, no. out of context by others for sure, but okay. that's my life. <laughs> Welcome to it. No, you should hear the other it's, audio that we played earlier, too, where he was running defense for China and was saying that, well, one of the reasons why China wasn't open about sharing information as to how, you know, all of this happened is, you know, maybe because, uh, you know, Trump hurt their feelings and uh, Republicans criticized them. And, you know, it had nothing to do with the fact that they are communist tyrants and, you know, they just murder people and take over entire independent cities. And, yeah, you know, I mean, just... Uh, man, just unbelievable. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. We've been seeing all of these headlines and uh, insane video of a massive amount of protesters, not in one city, not in two or three, but in numerous cities in, in all across China, uh, Shanghai to Beijing, everywhere, where university campuses, uh, where widespread protest not just in opposition of the COVID zero policies from the Communist Party, but to the Communist Party leadership itself. In fact, the Associated Press said in a video from protests in Shanghai, and there's numerous videos of this, it said that they were shouting loud and clear, quote, Xi Jinping, step down, CCP, step down. And there are reports of journalists who are being arrested. Could this be? The next Tiananmen Square. To answer that is our friend Stephen Yates, who is the expert on this. He's a senior fellow at America First Policy Institute and chair of the China Policy Initiative. And Stephen, we always we so appreciate your time with us. Thank you. The, I, there are a lot. I mean, widespread. It seems as and they've been this has been going on for a little bit because they've been locked down again. Another harsh lockdown for three months. And from what I understand, it's all of this really sparked uh, widespread. There was protest uh, that ex- pre-existed, but it got even bigger after an apartment building fire where they said 10 people were killed, but it really actually could be up to 40. And, in, and there were a lot of very young children involved in this. And they had been locked in because of coronavirus, because of lockdowns, and the authorities would not let them out. So they burned to death and people could hear them, their screams and their anguish in the streets. And that drove to these, drove everyone out to these widespread protests. Is that a fair comparison? Is this could is this as large? Is this similar to what we saw in the build up to Tiananmen Square? And could this be the next Tiananmen Square? In terms of scale, it might actually be bigger than Tiananmen Square in the sense that uh, most of the world only remembers the Beijing part of the Tiananmen Square protests and the massacre. But there were demonstrations in several other cities. It was a big deal in Shanghai. It was a big deal in other parts of China, too. And those demonstrations went on for a month before the the crackdown happened. Uh, and so in this in this case, these demonstrations are very large scale and they're in more places and we know more about it. Now, back in 1989, we only really knew about what was happening in Beijing because Mikhail Gorbachev was coming for a summit and the global media was invited to come along and see the summitry. And by accidents, 
those media were there and they caught the demonstrations and they then also caught the massacre. If that, that, that summit hadn't occurred, we wouldn't even have the same history of the Tiananmen Square massacre that we, that we now have. Now, China has an even bigger, more sophisticated surveillance state. It's wealthier, it's more powerful, obviously still has massive, massive problems, but it's really even more striking that these people, these young and in many cases privileged kids were protesting in universities. They actually have a lot to lose. Whereas in 1989, people were poorer. They had no guarantee of great opportunities. In some ways they were risking a lot and they gave a lot, but uh, they're risking more now. Uh, and you're absolutely correct. This is not just about the lockdowns. They are holding out blank pieces of paper to the extent that the communist government ordered a halt of the sale of size A4 blank paper so that it would get in the way of the logistics of this protest. Uh, and so that blank paper was a protest for free speech. That's going way beyond anything the egghead experts ever said was possible in communist China right now. Uh, so we clearly are on in, in a wave of a phenomenon that is different. It could go in a lot of different directions. My main caution is that Xi Jinping is the most ruthless leader of China since Mao Zedong. He will not flinch in killing millions of people if that's what stands in the way of his continued rule. Sadly, the Chinese people have a repeated history of millions of people being killed by the government, the military or government policy over the last 100 plus years. Uh, so, but we seem to have hit an inflection point and I think it is exactly that video of, of the people being burned to death. It circulated like crazy. It is awful to watch and to hear, and it seemed to finally be that tipping point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's where we are. It's a truly awful situation. Uh, I would not want to get hopes up that a massive change is coming in China. Uh, the, the ingredients are there, but a ruthless, determined dictatorship stands in the way. And we're talking with Stephen Yates. Uh, who is with the America First Policy Institute, an expert uh, on 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 any uh, Chinese policy, CCP, et cetera. That video, which it was, because there's different, there's and there's so many videos out there too, because so many people could not believe what was happening. You can hear, you hear people screaming. You can hear their anguish, and 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 no, the authorities were not doing anything, and all in in this quest to get. COVID zero. I thought it was interesting how in the very beginning, because these protests, and I think it's important to note, actually predated Biden even going to G20. And the way that it was always being promoted is, well, it was, you know, Chinese res Chinese citizens out there protesting against Corona, the COVID zero. Everyone kept it to COVID zero. But it really has always been more than that. And it, it exploded even more after that fire and after those videos came out. Do you think knowing that the three hours that that President Biden sat and talked with Xi Jinping, supposedly, I just do we have any indication that he even brought anything like that up at all? Or did he just get lectured by the CCP? Well, I think he was, was thrown side to side like a rag doll by a tougher, more ruthless leader. Uh, I don't think that any priorities that matter to Americans really came across the bow for Xi Jinping. Uh, and 
really, you have to look at where the pathological fixation on climate and COVID politics are basically where the American left have been for the last several years. And what, what the Chinese policy has been is a slightly more advanced version of Fauciism mm. that the left was so tied to, whether it was in Australia, whether it's most outrageous examples of authoritarianism in a country that should have no place for that. I mean, we saw this global convulsion among people who should have been pro-liberty, should have been pro-real science, should have been about pro-common sense. They bought the lies that China was selling, and this boomerang has come back on China, the virus they let out into the world. They lied about it being under control even in their own country, and it obviously is wrecking their politics, their culture, their economy, and now they only have bad options. They're lucky that they can get away with ruthless authoritarianism because if there were votes, they'd be out. No. But uh, but it's a sad state for them. It's worse for us. We should have known better. And speaking of us, speaking of the West, what are what what's going to happen if, let's just say, and I hate even imagining this, but it almost seems like it would have to get to such a point before more people around the world paid attention to what these people have been protesting about and trying to raise awareness to for years now. You have the tanks roll in. Beijing CCP orders tanks roll in to these college campuses uh, in, in across, you know, in multiple provinces. Uh, what, how does the West respond? Because, you know, here we have it. It's pretty much well known at this point where the pandemic originated, and yet nobody's calling for increased you know, sanctions. Uh, no one's calling for, I mean, any kind of penalty. I had a friend who said, yeah, you know what's going to happen if that if, the, if they do roll tanks in, what you'll see is Apple and Google will respond by providing geotracking data to the Chinese government so they can more efficiently hunt down protesters. Uh, my friend Dave Burge made that made that point. I agree with that. What what are they going to what what's I mean NBA has it, they expanded franchises there. Disney literally gives their censors, their communist censors copies of movies to make it more acceptable to the CCP. Has the West lost the will to even stand up in policy? Well, I mean the trend line has been not only have they lost the will, they've gone into the enabling game. Uh, and so it's it's worse than not being able to control it anymore. Uh, the hopeful part of me, which is less than half of my being, uh, the hopeful part of me sees what's happening with Chinese society. And you'd like to believe that those in the West would would sober up to this if the Chinese people themselves are sobering up to it. It's very hard to pretend as if you didn't see all of these people all across China saying, no mas, this has gone too far. Uh, and if you want to plant your flag on the promised super profits of dealing with the Chinese people and reaching that market, you got a pretty clear crack in the door to see where the Chinese people really are. And it isn't with the Communist Party. That is only something that's been forced upon them. And so a lot of these stars and, and companies are going to have to make decisions soon about where they're going to place their bets. Is it with the Chinese people or with the Chinese thugs? And they might be good with the thugs. They seem to like thug policies even in our own country. Yeah. Uh, so, But I'd like to believe just one small morsel of my being that can be optimistic that they'll wise up. Because this they've crushed Hong Kong, they've threatened Taiwan, they poisoned the world. 
uh, there's they've got concentration camps in Xinjiang. This fire was in Ulumuchi, which is in Xinjiang. And Han Chinese people are protesting the brutal murder, state murder of, of Uyghur people. So, so China itself has come to a remarkably different place. You'd like to believe that the elites of the world just might pause for a minute before jumping all in with the dictatorship again. Not to be intentionally reductive with a comparison, but do you think that they're, the reason that there's an oversized attention given to what's happening with Ukraine and Russia is purposefully to keep eyes off of what's happening with China and Taiwan and everything that's with these protests? Well, cynically, I think it's because it's easier for them. They seem to have an unlimited printing press to throw aid over into that part of the world. Uh, there have been, there's been weaponry that's been able to go over there. Uh, and the United States has not had to go face to face with Putin really on a whole heck of a lot. And so this proxy skirmish plays rather nicely. They can play moralistic. And frankly, the Ukrainian people are the only people on this planet that the United States seems to express any solidarity with. Everyone else is left to fend for themselves among the wolves of the world. And so there hasn't been any solidarity with the Iranian people. That would seemingly be an easy thing to do. Uh, there's not been solidarity with the Chinese people. They've tried to pretend as if it's only just some activists in the periphery of China. This is hardcore the youth and working and professionalized modern generation of China saying they've had it. Now, whether they can push for change, whether they just want to end the lockdowns, or whether they really go for the end of the Communist Party or just the end of Xi Jinping's tenure, we can't know how this movie plays out. I think a lot of people will sacrifice their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor along the way in this. It probably isn't going to be quick, but that process, I think, has begun. Oh, boy. And uh, hopefully the West can respond in kind at the very least. With some at of least these speak up in solidarity. Exactly. Exactly. Stephen Yates, always a pleasure, my friend. You can follow him at Yates. DCX. Where do I want to make sure I have your. I want to make sure I got his Twitter account right. At Yates Comms. I almost got it wrong. At Yates Comms. <laughs> follow him online because he's got the best insight into all of this. Steve, thank you so much. So good to see you. Appreciate your time today. Take care. Thank you, Dana. Take care. Of course. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you don't watch soccer or football, you actually should pay attention to what happens tomorrow. Because every now and then you have these lines that cross and you have sports things internationally that become political issues. Like, remember the the hockey film, uh, what is it called, Miracle? Is that what it's called with Kurt Russell? It was like way back in the day. Um it was like in the 80s, like the days of yore. And it was when the U.S. team had to play the Russians and it was you know, the Cold War, all this stuff. And there were, there, were, there, was, there were other implications there besides sportsmanship. And the same thing is happening tomorrow when the United States plays Iran uh, world, in the World Cup Series. And this, the, they had their, their World Cup press conference because Iran, I had the headline earlier, they've asked FIFA to just not take the United States out. They were mad at the U.S. Um, they said that they had their a press conference with U.S. players and the Iranian journalists hijacked it and were berating them. 
the U.S. coach stepped in because uh, his captain, Tyler Adams, they were just slamming him with all kinds of political questions. They were even asking him, why shouldn't he ask his government to take away its military fleet from the Persian Gulf? Like questions that you just don't ask. You know, they were asking him policy questions like he's an elected official. And they said, well, isn't your country so racist, etc." Iranian journalists where women are being like raped by the guard uh, for the religious authority there for not having their hair properly covered. They're asking this. So they played right. The U.S. has to win. The U.S. has to beat Iran in order to keep them from advancing. And it has to be a definitive victory. So that happens. Would you say one central tomorrow? We're going to be on air when it happens. So we're going to have to be checking in. This is, I'm telling you. All right, today in Stupidity, Kane. All right, it's going to be uh, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, Let her words speak for themselves. Let me just say this, uh, Reverend Sharpton. It is uh, very well documented that words nowadays can actually uh, break your bones. What? When I was a kid, it was sticks and stones that broke your bones. Yeah. Words words would never hurt hurt me. No, now it's... Now it's, Sticks and stones can't break your bones, but words can. Huh. That's not how it goes, Sheila. Oh, Sheila. <laughs> Folks, that does it for us tonight. Go sign up for the newsletter, chapter and verse over at Substack. Find us Facebook and YouTube as well. Like and subscribe. I will be on Jesse Waters tonight, 6 p.m. Central. Back with you behind the mic tomorrow.